Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Welcome back, college football bettors. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, first podcast in a couple of weeks as the college football season has definitely slowed down. Today on our podcast, we're going to be going through the first six bowls, which will take us through December 19th. Uh, and I'll be back on Friday for my commute podcast, giving you out a premium play at no cost. Again, make sure you welcome, welcome to Rise. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks newsletter, free at freddiewills.com. We gave out Army as a max play of the day in our Premium Pick newsletter at no cost this past week. Easy winner. Well, I won't say easy winner, but a little bit of a nail biter, but it was a winner on Army Moneyline. And uh, on the season, we have done very well in the premium newsletter. Now going 9-5 and five and 1 against the spread, a return on investment of 17.9% if you followed us all year. Uh, parlay that in with my free picks, which I've also gone 9-5 and five against the spread on the year. And uh, you've done pretty well. Again, I yearly dominate college football in the bowl season. Seven of eight winning seasons. Uh, right now, have one play up so far. And uh, in the month of December, I just sixty-three percent against the spread, dating back to twenty thirteen season. I'm even uh, very hot on my NFL picks, not 39 and 17 over my last 56 in the month of December. So this is kind of when there's all this data out there. I'm able to combine that along with the, you know, situational spots uh, along with all the statistics out there and come up with uh, some very good edges. Uh, by this time I've, I've seen every team play multiple times and I, I like to think that I have a good handle on each team. And uh, that's kind of why I've, I've done very well. Uh, again, 39 and 17, my last 56 NFL plays. That dates back to 2013. And uh, you can see all those plays and trends on my website, freddywills.com. Everything's archived, time stamped. You can look at any of my records. And uh, of course, I release them one minute after a game starts, uh, you know, just to protect the integrity of uh, my stats. And uh, definitely. Check out my bowl package for just fifty nine ninety nine. You get all of my bowl plays. Probably have around twenty five plays, twenty five to thirty plays. It's guaranteed to profit or your money back. So if I lose a single cent, you'll get your money back. I'll refund you right away. I uh, appreciate everybody that checks that out at freddywills.com. So let's get into it. Uh, starting on Saturday, we'll have the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, a pretty good matchup, I think, uh, between Troy, who went 10-2 and two out of the Sun Belt against North Texas, uh, who went 9-4 and four out of the Conference USA. Troy obviously sharing their Sun Belt championship, and uh, North Texas uh, lost uh, to Florida Atlantic. Uh, really a tough game for them, but uh, they have a shot to get to 10 wins here, and uh, they're six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Uh, so some of the things that I look at with these bowl games, I look at coaching – I look at location of the bowl game, conferences, head-to-head, motivation, and then, of course, uh, the X's and O's, um, what these teams did all year. And, and, you know, I add all that up along with, uh, you know, what my algorithms tell me the lean is and kind of go from there. Uh, But for the New Orleans Bowl, for coaching, 
North Texas's Seth Rochelle has done an outstanding job reviving this North Texas program and program in his second year. He has them back to a bowl game uh, for the second year in a row and challenging to to tie a club record with a tenth win. So this team definitely wants to be here, uh, and the coaching staff is in in track for now. They're not going anywhere, uh, including their offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, who is I mean the strength of this team is offense and. Uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, as far as I know, is, is not going anywhere, so that's a big deal. Uh, for Troy, Neil Brown in his third year at Troy, uh, they've gone 24-13, and 13, very good record. He, he has to be on the list for a few coaching jobs, if not now, definitely next year. Uh, his defensive coordinator, the strength of the team, uh, Byron Hardum, is rumored to be joining the Georgia staff next year. We'll see what happens. Obviously, Georgia's still playing and, and playing very meaningful football on January 1st when when they when uh, they're in the college football playoffs, so we'll see what happens there. That's something to consider. Um, location: Troy's about a five-hour drive from Mercedes-Benz Superdome, with uh, North Texas being about eight hours away, or they're both about an hour and a half flight. So uh, both uh, no, no significant advantage in the location. Conference USA has gone four and two this year against the Sun Belt, and really fifteen and five since 2014. Yet North Texas out of the Sun Belt is a five and a half, uh, or I'm sorry, North Texas out of Conference USA is a five and a half, now six and a half point dog. Uh, the Sun Belt has faced off against Conference USA in this bowl game the last three years, with Conference USA winning two of those games straight up and against the spread. The game they lost was in 2013. Uh, Tulane fell to Louisiana Lafayette as one point favorites. Um, in what was a, a, another good close played bowl game. I feel the spread is inflated a bit, uh, maybe because, you know, Troy obviously uh, went on the road this year and beat LSU. Uh, so they definitely have a, a success playing in this state. But uh, North, North, Te- North Texas lost their bowl appearance last year while Troy actually won their bowl game. Uh, so I, I, I look at North Texas two and six career in bowl games, Troy three and three. I like the motivation on the side of, of North Texas a little bit more, in my opinion. They also want to get to that 10th win, which, which nobody was expecting out of them. If they get to that 10th win, as I mentioned before, they'll tie a 1947 record for most wins in a North Texas season history. Uh, North Texas obviously plays in the better conference. They have more motivation, and they're underdogs. Also worth noting is Troy's the highlight of their season came in their last game, the win over Arkansas State on the road, a team they could not beat and get over the, the hump in this conference, but they finally did. They also obviously got that win at LSU. So, you know, really playing North Texas can't be as exciting. And then when we look at the X's and O's, and of course I'll be breaking down this matchup a bit more in depth in my actual pick if I have one, um, which I can tell you I do. Uh, North Texas, the strength of this team is on offense. They rank number 19 in total yards, and they're pretty balanced. They can run and pass the ball. A, a little bit of a better passing team behind the arm of Mason Fine. The rushing def- defense is a weakness, which definitely was obvious in the conference championship game at Florida Atlantic. I would argue maybe their def- their rushing defense is, is uh, not as bad as their ranking, which is 107, just because of what Florida Atlantic did against them. And I think they played them twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And Florida Atlantic, obviously one of the best rushing teams in the nation, uh, ranking number six in rushing yards per game. And uh, 
If I'm not mistaken, they played North Texas twice. They did so both at home and just ran the ball like crazy on them. So I think that defense is a little bit inflated. And uh, North Texas, really, when you look at their schedule, um, who else did they play that could run the ball? I mean, there's a couple teams on there, including Army, who is the number one rushing team in the nation. So it's not like they – they're not as bad as that that, um, number says in my opinion. So I think uh, North Texas will be able to uh, be in this game defensively. Um, Cause when you look at Troy, their strength is defensively. They rank number 27 total yards allowed, but their weakness is against the pass, which is good. Cause that's the strength of North Texas. They also can throw the ball, but are more one dimensional on offense uh, ranking 85th rushing the ball. So North Texas gets a favorable matchup here. In my opinion, uh, they're nearly a, touchdown underdog that would be my lean here uh, moving on uh, to the cure bowl the next bowl in this in this matchup it's another sunbelt versus conference usa matchup um so let's take a look um georgia state six and six out of the sunbelt um and again as i remind you 15 and 5 the conference usa has gone since 2014 against the sunbelt um and you know I, I really think the right team is favored here western kentucky minus six that does not mean I don't lean that way. Uh, Western Kentucky's coaching staff, very inexperienced, all first-time coaches. And, and you know, it was a rough year after losing Jeff Brom to Purdue. Mike Sanford, the first-time head coach, and all of his assistants have never had that role before. Uh, we've made money, a lot of money this year, fading and backing Western Kentucky um, in key moments. Um, of course, they go 3-9 and nine against the spread on the year. And, um, you know, Western Kentucky, look, motivationally, I don't see them being motivated for this. They're used to playing in conference championships and bigger bowls, but it's just their fifth bowl all time, three and one record, and uh, all three wins under Jeff Braun the last three years. Um, And when you look at where they've played, in 2014, they played in the Bahamas, 2015, Miami, and then last year, Boca Raton against Memphis, a very good Memphis team. And, um, you know, here I just I, – I mean, yeah, they're going to be in Orlando, but are they really excited to be playing Georgia State? I, I, I don't know. Uh, Georgia State making just their second bowl game ever. Uh, you know, they lost to San Jose State in the 2015 bowl game that they went on this same very field. Um, you know, this is a veteran coaching staff led by head coach Sean Elliott who has 20 years of coaching experience in winning programs such as South Carolina and Appalachian State. The guy knows how to win. He's – He's already proven it here at Georgia State. No one expected them to go to a bowl game this year. Um, you know, he was he was even the interim coach at South Carolina when Steve Spurrier left. So a lot of experience from Sean Elliott. And uh, I'm not talking about the basketball player. Uh, but this is his first year at Georgia State. Uh, I think they've overachieved. And uh, when we look at the X's and O's in this matchup, Georgia State has two strengths. They're pretty decent at stopping the run, ranking 46th. And they can pass the ball ranking 31st. But again, they rank among the bottom of the nation in rushing the ball and stopping the pass. Uh, So, and when we look at Western Kentucky, what do they do? Well, they can pass the ball ranking ninth, Uh, but they're completely one dimensional. So I'm interested in seeing if uh, Sean Elliott and this team can come up with some kind of game plan to limit Mike White and his passing offense as Western Kentucky ranked 130th in the nation running the ball. And uh, Western Kentucky defensively, they could stop the pass, uh, ranking 36th, 77th first to run. You, you know, I think they match up pretty well against Georgia State, whose weaknesses 
are Western Kentucky's strengths. I thought that the coaching staff would, and the points we're getting with Georgia State would make me lean that way. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm probably passing on this game because I would have leaned Georgia State. My actual formulas lean Georgia State. The matchup definitely favors Western Kentucky for strengths. I'll probably dig a little deeper. If anything, might get involved in the total on that game. The Las Vegas Bowl. This is a more exciting game with two marquee teams. Oregon, seven-and-a-half point favorite against Boise State out of the Mountain West. Uh, Boise State Mountain West champions. And uh, when we're looking at the coaching staff here, Oregon has already had a coaching change um, with uh, Willie Tiger going to Florida State. But the good news is Mario Cristobal, the offensive coordinator, is getting the job. And uh, I, I don't know that there's a huge drop-off in coaching for this game. Uh, the big key is Jim Levitt, the defensive coordinator, which was the biggest strength of Oregon this year, is that defense. You wouldn't know it unless you dug or watched any of their games. Is staying, um, as far as I know, last I looked, Jim Levitt, still the defensive coordinator. And, uh, of course, Oregon, unhealthy this year on the offensive side of the ball, healthy right now. So I can understand why they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, Boise State, on the other hand, you know, they they won the Mountain West Championship game over Fresno State, uh, did not cover the spread. We actually played Fresno State in that game, and uh, it was a win. Brian Harson always been, in my opinion, an overrated coach, but it's it's hard to argue with what Boise State did this year in a down Mountain West conference. I don't think the Mountain West was, was that even the Air Force wasn't good this year, so... Um, San Diego State looked good early, and they don't even make it to the conference championship game. They struggled uh, multiple times. And, uh, you know, Boise State's three losses, I mean, when you look at it, they came against three pretty good teams, Washington State, Fresno, and Virginia. Um, so, really, you, you'd have to say Boise could be in this game. Um, the one thing I would say, Boise State has just two weeks to prepare um, and, and they're, and they're really dealing with a condensed schedule here, considering that they spent the last week or so on recruiting trips, Oregon, obviously with an extra week to prayer, didn't play in their conference championship. Um, but, but have had the coaching changes. So, um, motivational angles on both, both there, uh, both teams are about two hours from Vegas and, and, and I believe are excited to be here. I mean, Oregon's playing Boise, a conference championship team playing Oregon who, you know, they've played before, but a big name team um, and they're underdogs. So I expect them to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, Boise getting to play a power five school um, in a game. I mean, they lost big time in a bowl game last year. And I don't know if you look at Brian Harson. I, I don't know. You look at him and his preparation as being able to compete with the best. And, and you really could say Oregon could be a top, 15 team if uh, their quarterback Justin Herbert stayed healthy all year I really do mean that um, which I'll get to a little bit down in the um, X's and O's you know I mentioned the Mountain West being down this year but you know really the Pac-12 wasn't that great either the Mountain West went just three and seven against the Pac-12 as they've been in steady decline Um, during the years 2008 to 2012, the Mountain West actually went 16 and 13 against the Pac-12, just to put that in perspective. But again, over the last five years, the Pac-12 has taken control going 48 and 11. Uh, this season, the Pac-12 has outscored the Mountain West by an average of 15 points. Worth noting is Boise State lost by just three to Washington State. But, uh, you know, they blew a huge lead in that game as well. And Washington State's quarterback got hurt early in that game as well. So, 
Um, Oregon faced one Mountain West opponent. It was Wyoming, one of the better defenses in the in, – in the, probably a better defense than Boise State's defense was Wyoming. And Oregon put up 49 points on them, winning 49-13. to 13. So, you know, I don't know. That's making me kind of lean towards Oregon, and I'll take a deeper look at this. But if, when we look at the X's and O's, Oregon, keep in mind, their season did not go as planned when they lost Justin Herbert, their star quarterback. Herbert missed five key games, returned over the last two games. With Herbert, this offense averaged 52 points per game, and without him, they averaged 15. So the defense was much improved this year, and if Herbert was in there, like I said before, I I, I could see them. They could have gotten to a Pac-12 championship game possibly, and I think this team has a lot to show in this game, and I think they want to kind of prove that, uh, you know, they're a team to be considered – in the championship race for next year. And uh, I think they have motivation to maybe blow out Boise state here. Boise state really had a weird season is if they could not even decide on a quarterback still running a two quarterback situation, which I never agree with. Um, really their strength is on defense specifically against the run, but I don't think they've faced an offense like Oregon all year long. I don't think they've even faced a team that's balanced like Oregon, even Washington, Washington state who put up 47 points with their backup quarterback, was extremely one-dimensional. Um, Oregon with Herbert, and they're arguably a top three offense in the nation. Eileen, Oregon, I, I would have liked to get this game under seven personally. And, um, I mean, with the total of 59 and a half, um, that, that kind of tells me that uh, they're expecting Boise to play a little defense here. But, again, Herbert in the lineup, Oregon averaging 52 points per game in his seven games. So, um and again, I think Jim Levitt, their defensive coordinator, sticking around for Oregon. Probably the biggest reason why you saw this spread jump two and a half points after it opened at five um, once he announced that because he is a big key over there at Oregon. So we'll have to see. Um, definitely want to dig deeper into that game, but I do lead Oregon. The New Mexico Bowl. Marshall out of the Conference USA playing Colorado State out of the Mountain West. Uh, Marshall's a five and a half point dog when we're looking at coaching here uh marshall's head coach doc holiday been here since 2010 uh he's 4-0 in bowl games mean meanwhile mike bobo a very young guy in just his third year at colorado state you know he, he's done some good things in the regular season some exciting things he's gotten a lot of hype at times but 0-2 in bowl games i think many probably thought bobo would have been up for a bigger job but Really, Colorado State season did not go according to plan. They they expected to be playing in the Mountain West Championship game, and I think a lot of uh, people picked them to be there. Uh, you know, it is worth noting, however, that Mike Bobo's staff uh, will earn an extra bonus if they come up with a win in this game, which which obviously when you're looking from a motivational perspective. Um, but that did not stop two of their coaches leaving to coach with uh, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Um, he scooped up their offensive coordinator and uh, they're one of their defensive coaches. So uh, worth noting, um, obviously, when you think Colorado State, it's their offense. And losing an offensive coordinator when you're going up against Marshall, a better defense, has to be concerning. Um, so I, you know, that, that, that's one thing that I'm looking at here towards uh, Marshall. Uh, when we look at the conferences, Colorado State has actually faced off against Conference USA foe the last two years and won each matchup during the regular season against Texas San Antonio. The two conferences typically match up in this very bowl game. Overall, the two conferences are pretty even, in my opinion. Uh, 
since 2010, Conference USA has gone 12 and 14 against the Mountain West while being outscored by less than a field goal, exactly 2.2 points per game. Um, you know, so I think both these teams um, are on the same level in their conferences, um, you know, in my opinion. And both conferences are pretty even. Uh, when you look at what the uh, Conference USA has done since 2014, they've gone 0-4, but uh, three of those losses were from, from Texas San Antonio. So uh, really you can't weigh that too much. And, um, you know, obviously the location favors Colorado State. Um, but um, being in New Mexico, a lot closer for them than uh, Marshall. And, and, and they've been here before. But uh, both teams should be happy to be in a bowl game. And, and this bowl game is typically played close with four of the last five games being decided by eight points or less. Colorado State really struggled in bowl games, losing six of eight dating back to twenty. Uh, 2001, that includes their bowl game last year where they allowed 61 points to Idaho. Um, just to put that in perspective, um, I mean, I know that should sound – Idaho is not even going to be a FBS team. I think they have one more year in FBS, and then they're moving back to FCS. But uh, to put that in perspective, Idaho averaged 30 points per game last year, and, and they were able to put up 61 against Colorado State. So, um, I mean, that should – tell you something about Mike Bobo and his staff, I would think, but, um, uh, and then when you look at Marshall, obviously they've won their last five bowl games and 10 of their last 11. So, um, I like that a lot. Uh, the strength of Marshall is their secondary and their defense, uh, obviously a pretty balanced defense. And with Colorado state losing their offensive coordinator to Tennessee, I would expect an advantage there. Um, you know, they gave up 300 yards passing only twice this season and it came against, uh, NC State with one of the better quarterbacks in the nation and Ryan Finley and Western Kentucky who really throws it throws the ball 70% of the time. Um, uh, they, they will have a tall task with Nick Stevens throwing to um, Michael Gallup, the wide receiver, probably a, a first round in the NFL. Um, although with players sitting out, uh, you have to wonder what kind of effort uh, Gallup is going to be giving here. Um, maybe trying to avoid getting hurt before uh, taking a big paycheck from the NFL. So um, even with that matchup, I, I think I, I feel better about Marshall's um, situation. And, you know, I'd have to say that I lean with the dog as, as the better defense with a good matchup. Uh, you know, Colorado's defense ranking 93rd in yards allowed. And uh, we mentioned what they did in last year's bowl game. Their offense obviously been dynamic at times, but, uh, you know, they faced only a couple good defenses and uh, struggled. I mean, they played um, Wyoming and, and put up um, – let me just check here. When they played Wyoming, a very good defense, uh, they put up just 17 points at home. And, uh, you know, this team has lost three out of their last four games. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to go against them, but I, I would definitely have to lean with the dog in this game. Moving on, it's it's the third matchup of the day on Saturday between Conference USA and the Sun Belt, and we have another Conference USA team as the underdog, Middle Tennessee, plus three and a half against Arkansas State. Um, when we're looking at the coaching here, Rick Stockstill is the head coach for Middle Tennessee. Uh, they still haven't won a bowl game since t- t- 2009, so you better bet they'll be motivated for this game. For Arkansas State, this is... Blake Anderson's fourth season, 
Uh, you know, they're not any better one and two in bowl games. Uh, uh, they won the last two Sun Belt championships. And then, of course, they lost this year. Um, so I expect the team to maybe not be as excited to play in a bowl game um, after losing the Sun Belt championship game against Troy, um, something that they, you know, had uh, previous years. Um, what's very interesting is the matchup between these two conferences, conferences which are you know, part of three of the bowl games. Um, you have an Arkansas State team that finally lost to Troy and lost a share of their conference title, while Middle Tennessee riddled with injuries all year and are finally getting healthy. I mean, they're still without some key offensive players, but uh, I, I would think Middle Tennessee is the more motivated team. Um, they're definitely better than their 6-6 six and six record. Um, I mentioned Conference USA 15-5 and five the last 20 matchups against the Sun Belt, and we're getting them as dogs um, and arguably we're getting the more balanced defense in middle Tennessee uh, stronger defense this year than in years past. And that will benefit them here quite a bit. In my opinion, typically they lean strongly on the arm of their quarterback, uh, but stock still missed significant time this year. The defense definitely picked up the slack Arkansas state's defensive weakness is the strength of middle Tennessee's offense, which is their pass defense uh, while Arkansas State is also pretty one-dimensional offense, offensively with the 79th-ranked rushing offense and 6th-ranked passing offense, which falls into the strength of Middle Tennessee's defense. Uh, so this game has me leaning towards Middle Tennessee. I definitely want to look at strength of schedule a bit more and uh, some of the um, matchups in this game before I make it official. Um, and, of course, if I can get a plus four, I would love to do that because it is at plus four in certain locations. And it looks like about 60% of the tickets are on Arkansas state. So uh, we could see that plus four by Saturday. That's the late game on Saturday. Again, as I mentioned previously, uh, head on over to freddywills.com. Subscribe to my premium pick newsletter. Probably going to have one more newsletter play going out this year. We've already had a profitable season at nine and five over a 17% return on investment. So uh, one more for the bowl season. And then, um, you know, if you guys have been listening and you've been getting those plays and you know you've enjoyed them because they've been winners, I appreciate you if you pick up my bowl package, which is a very reasonable $59.99 and guaranteed to profit or your money back. Again, that's over at freddywills.com. Lastly, we'll, Matt, we'll uh, break down one more bowl game on Tuesday, December 19th, Akron will play Florida Atlantic. Uh, they'll be 22.5-point underdogs, which, which is significant. I'm more interested in the total here, 61.5, uh, but let's break it down. Coaching, Lane Kiffin from Florida Atlantic not going anywhere, and you know I, I expect full motivation from he and his staff in this game. Uh, bonuses on the line if they win this game. Uh, they got bonuses for winning the Conference USA Championship game. His offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, uh, very talented, also sticking around. And, you know, I, I think there's a real mismatch in this game. Um, just with the talent and speed on the field. Um, Akron, obviously, Terry Bowden has, has been around forever and has a family coaching pedigree. Uh, he's gone three and one in bowl games. Uh, this might be one of the more difficult matchups. I, I really don't think it's an even matchup at all. Um, you know, but uh, you can't ignore what he's done in bowl games. So before you buy in 22 and a half points is a lot to bet on. Um, but uh, let's look at the location. This game's going to be played in Boca Raton, uh, Florida Atlantic's home field. So they're going to be at home. 
um, maybe a major advantage. Uh, hard to quantify that because, um, you know, when you're playing at home, there's distractions. They already have everybody telling them how great they are. Um, and, and, you know, they're 22 and a half point favorites in this game. So I don't know that they're motivated to blow Akron out. Um, you know, Akron getting out of the state of Ohio uh, in the month of December, not a bad thing. I think they're definitely excited to be here. Um, and it, it may not be that exciting for Florida Atlantic to be playing Akron after they, they just won their conference championship game. I think they can kind of sleepwalk through this game. So I would not be surprised if Akron covered the spread. I don't know if I'm going that way. Uh, obviously, Conference USA has been the better conference going 25 and 16 since 2010. But again, over the last three years, it's been even with a 10 and 10 record. So uh, Florida Atlantic actually lost this year on the road to a MAC team against Buffalo in a weird game. Actually, played Florida Atlantic money line as they were a small dog, and and then they lost by three points, uh, despite really dominating the first half in that game. I thought, and then Akron beat Marshall out of Conference USA last year, 65 to 38. Um, and when we look at the X's and O's. Probably the most important thing to look at in this matchup because things are, are pretty even from a coaching perspective to a conference perspective to motivation perspective. And, and, and it, even the location has its pros and cons for both teams. The big question, whether or not Akron can put together a game plan to stop Florida Atlantic's explosive running game. Akron ranks 99th against the run, 83rd against the pass. So their defense is, is not very good either way. Um, and, and they haven't faced a running team as good as Florida Atlantic all year. I could see them giving up 40 plus points in this one easily. Like they did against Toledo twice, like they did against Penn state, like they did against Iowa state, the three best teams they faced. You know, I think Akron could be the worst team in a bowl game this year. Um, even their offense is one dimensional 118th running the ball, 74th passing the ball. Um, at least Florida Atlantic's defense's weakness is against the pass. Um, so again, I, the total betting this over is a lean. Um, there, there, there just may not be a ton of interest from the defensive Florida Atlantic, knowing that they can kind of sleepwalk through this. Um, the weather should be pretty good in Boca Raton this time of year. And, and that's, that's what way I would, I would lean. Um, but anyways, that wraps up podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, uh, please, give feedback reviews on iTunes. Um, you can find the link to my iTunes podcast in the show notes. Again, freddywills.com. Subscribe to the newsletter play. And uh, if you're interested in basketball plays, head on over to sportsbetcapping.com. You can uh, enjoy some of the best in the business. Uh, I have uh, links up there for top 10 handicappers for both. Um, over 90 professional handicappers on that website. And uh, make sure you check that out over at sportsbetcapping.com. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later in the week.